Hi, Merlin. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm great. Good. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. We live? Yes. God, I'm, I'm so prepared today. Are you? I love the shows where you're prepared. God, those no. shows where you don't put any any preparation. It's disrespectful to the audience. And I can be honest, it's, it's disrespectful uh, to me too. Mm-hmm. Weren't you going to eat? Yeah, um, I'm going to have uh, some breakfast sausage. Hmm. Bre- hmm. Hmm. What, what kind? What was it? Uh, is it artisanal or what kind is it? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. You should check. I'll check. I'll look under uh-huh. the uh, under the hood. Oh man, you know what? I did something yesterday that I almost never do. I can't believe it. And send, I'm gonna send this to you right now. All right, I'm gonna send you a picture of of, of a meal. I'm gonna, I'm oh, you cook, you cooked something at home? I'm a photo blogger. Blog. I'm gonna, I'm gonna blog, blog my <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> <laughs> blog <laughs> some breakfast sausage. We should be blog. We should be blog my breakfast blog. <laughs> I'll tumble it. I'll tumble my. I'll breakfast. pin my post. I'm just saying B words while I look this up. Um, my daughter and I. Um, Buford. Buf- oh, God, this is beautiful. Where do you see this thing? <laughs> it looks like either, I don't know, it looks like an Irish train wreck or the best breakfast ever. Maybe both. My daughter and I like to go to this, uh, this little uh, Irish restaurant. Don't be creepy. Yes, they have Irish food, believe it or not. Uh, it's drunk and angry. That's okay. I'm Irish. I can say that. It's not pink. Are you really? Huh? That well, explains some things. Mm hmm. You, are you eating off like good china? It sounds like good china. Is that ping pong? Um, I um, uh, we go to this place and uh, uh, she gets a donut and I, I my my meals at this place are getting consistently meatier and I don't mean kind <laughs> from space. <laughs> what exactly does that mean? Consistently um, meatier. I don't know if I just sent you a thing like a meteorite. You know, I, I think, oh you know, yeah, I'm looking at this. something we need to address on the show is the number of outlets that I'm sending things to people because it's becoming a problem. I'm getting notes from people about how many different media outlets I'm using. What is this? Okay, what I just sent you a photo of, which I will put on the robot for everybody to see. That is called the mixed grill. What's on top of it? Is that pork? Pork chop. Okay. Okay, so let me let's see. I can try and go counterclockwise. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let me go clock. Okay, so 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 clockwise. Let's see. We've got you got blood sausage. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Very top. That thing looks like ham. It's Irish bacon. You got Irish bacon. You got blood sausage. You got two Irish sausages. Um, and you got, uh, what's, that, what's that thing? Oh, it's liver. There's liver. Uh, there is mushrooms. You can see the mushrooms, right? Way underneath the hash browns on the right, you can see a grilled tomato. And then uh, two eggs. Take out the hash browns and it's about like what I eat. <laughs> Only, only it's on a much larger plate with a bigger portion. Oh no, you didn't. <laughs> oh yes, I did. Who put the pork chop on top? <laughs> Is she really wearing that? <laughs> it's Merlin with a pork chop. Oh, stop hiding my eggs. <laughs> we uh, you know, it's a shame we live in different time zones, or you know, it could be Booner Bane, but. Uh, yeah, it's a shame we can't do the early morning show. Why can't we? Whoa. 6 a.m. my time. It's perfect. 6 a.m. your time. And you said this on a, on a long time ago on one of our visits. I think you said the typical pro radio broadcaster. Broadcast. Broadcasting <laughs> does three <laughs> breakfast. You know what? Breakfast broadcast. <laughs> Blog us on your breakfast. You know what? I need, I, need to, I need to lay down. I need to see somebody and then lay down. 
He's already got 14 titles. Um, and by the way, you know, California Knife in Your Back, I didn't hear the end, but you're going to, I'm sorry, we can't talk about it. That makes people angry. Yeah. California Knife in Your Back, is that the best title ever? It's good. No, it's a good one. Marco was on, on fire. He was en fuego, as we say in Latin. Abute. Hmm. Fuego. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, vamos a pasar a vista. I'm going to take the roll call. I told you about my Castilian Spanish teacher, right? I told you about that. I, yeah, I think you did. Everything he said, he had to speak in Castile. And so everything he said was a little bit lippy. It's good. I love that. Mixed grill. And so um, it's a shame because now what you said was, excuse me, if memory serves, I'm getting a cough button. Somebody sent me a cough button, by the way. Uh, How do you use a cough button without an XLR microphone? A friend of the show on Roderick on the Line is sending us two cough buttons because he literally can't listen to the show anymore. Okay. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying how do you use a cough button if you don't have an XLR mic? What do you put it in between? Are you, you, can't are you put, honestly asking me? Yes. You can't put a cough button in between a, on a USB mic. Don't they know that? <laughs> Tell them you, you, you guys use USB mics. You don't use XLR mics. I have a cough button, so I can do this all I want and hit the button. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. How'd you do that? It's a cough button, but you can Could only do that with an XLR mic. Get an XLR mic. You got a cough button with an XLR mic. Are you interrupting? Are you interrupting? I, I'm, I'm not a technical person. John, John Sarkis will have to tell me if I'm saying this correctly. Are you interrupting the flow of molecules from the microphone into the internet when you do that? It's the nanites that I'm interrupting. Okay. Hmm. You said a long time ago on one of our visits that the regular uh, pro morning breakfast blog, blogger broadcaster will do three hours. Is that correct? They do three, like three hours. Yeah, but it's interrupted with lots of commercials. But yeah, three hours, three to four hours, uh, depending on the, yes, hmm. that's good. Like a third, last I heard, and I don't, I don't own a TV anymore, but last I heard, the typical broad, broadcast TV show is like one third commercials. Now, when I listen to the radio, I guess I listen to a lot of rock blocks because I, you know, on the weekends, they, they block the commercials into blocks. So like on a radio show, it <laughs> strikes me that there are a lot of ads on, on talk radio. Is that accurate? Uh, there, well, uh, I think there are, there are a lot of them, but I think it, it depends. Hmm. Depends on uh, whether they're making any dough. Yeah, it depends on the region. It depends. I mean, it, See, no, I, I got I to. Sometimes it's eight shows. minutes a show. Sometimes it's less. I mean, it really is going to vary. Okay. All right. So I'm going uh, to. The Rock of Austin, KLBJ 93.7, where we talk over every single song. Every song. <laughs> you want to hear the beginning? I don't think so. <laughs> it's the worst. Uh, you know, we've got one here called The Bone. 107.7. 107.7, The Bone. No this way. One, yeah. You're yeah. not. 107.7. The best one is a classic from the Boneyard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's you know, awesome. Um, NPR becomes completely intolerable on the weekends. And so we, uh, no, not in a bad way, but we uh, sometimes flip over. We'll flip over to the disco station. Though they play a disco all weekend on 98.1. Sometimes don't be creepy. Sometimes we'll flip over uh, uh, to, uh, what's it called? It's not the wave. It's not called the hammer. It's called the, uh, the, the Horseshoe. I forget what it's called. But there's one station. We turn it on. They're playing Talk About the Passion from R.E.M.'s Murmur. Hmm. So now I'm officially old because stuff that I like is on the radio. <laughs> Talk About the Passion, R.E.M. Um, <laughs> meaty, meaty, meaty. And uh, so what we're talking about. It's a shame, though, Dan. The bone. <laughs> the bone. Is what that like a that college that radio or something? Oh, it's not college. We, we're near the college. That's close enough. We should do this. Now, see, I would do that. I've said this before, Dan. If we could just do, what do they call those? Call those buttons? Call those bugs? 
Bookends? Bookends? What do they call that when they make all those noises with the pre-recording? Stingers? Stingers. Bookends? I don't know. Boing. Remember Ted from the internet? He, 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 uh, he whipped that up for us one time, what that would sound like. I think, mm-hmm. people, would listen. I think people would advertise on that. Yeah, now, of course you, they would. What do, you, what do you get ads for? You get ads for you get erectile dysfunction and salves, <laughs> uh, seat cushions. Mattresses. Mattresses. Oh, do you know? Can I Memory you foam. Memory. Literally do not get me started. Do you know what a scam the whole mattress racket is? I do not know. Can I tell you something? Yeah. Uh, don't cut this out. Don't broadcast. There are literally two mattresses you can get. There's, there's this one and the other one. And then it's all labels. They, it's called white labels. They got <laughs> OEMs. It's all the same mattress. There's like one. And they, and they do that thing where they go in the back and they go, well, let me talk to my manager. And they drag it. Let me get you a different one. And they drag it as the same mattress. It's a, it's a posture Sealy or it's a sleep train Matic or whatever. It's uh, sickening. Sickening. It's a racket. Total racket. Did you ever have a futon? Oh, they're the worst. I, I could see futons being a big problem for you on a lot of levels. Let's start with your back. You, you got a problematic back, if I could say. Am I speaking out of school? No, I mean, it's, uh, it's a fact. Yeah. That's why I do yeah, the standing up thing and on the, the ball thing and all that. The ball thing. The and, ball then, thing. and then, so the other thing is, like, I've had two futons. I had a, a, a disgusting uh, cheap futon and then a, a cheaper one. And I had one that had like foam in the middle, but still it's kind of like sleeping on what, like, I don't even want to say a sponge because you can change a sponge, but like, all the things that happen on a bed, talk about memory foam, like nobody remembers like a futon and it gets flatter and flatter and everything that's ever happened on it becomes part of the inside of the futon. You see a futon on the street, man, and that's like a photo album for problems. Do you know what happens on a futon, Dan? And it just sucks it all up, sucks it all up. Nothing goes out. It's all in. <sighs> Ugh, it's disgusting. <sighs> Now here's what I did. Ugh, and, uh, I don't, you know, I, I is I this a like show? Do, is this what what people are? I got, bull, I, I got bullets. Okay, I got bullets, but I'm not going to talk about them. I'm not going to talk about them. I meant I was prepared in the sense that I did all the preparations from a meta admin standpoint that we needed to do to get this to our listeners faster because this is important information. Now here's what I did. I took my uh, PowerMate. You ever have one of those? The big button. Do you ever have the big button? Is that where you hit it and it says, that was easy, <laughs> that big button? No, it's the, uh, who made that? That one company that used to make lots of stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm going to type for a second, Acme. sorry. Acme. Mm. Power made by, somebody will know this, Griffin. Griffin. Like the mythical beast. Power made, it's a giant button with a USB cable and you plug it in. And then this is actually pretty ahead of its time uh, in its way, but with Power Mate, you know, you can, uh, like, for example, what's this thing Terps are telling me about? This is so awesome. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to do it anymore. Better touch tool. Mm, I, use, <laughs> I use this thing called, oh, man, I was touching my hat. I didn't get a full one. That one didn't count. You ready? Here we go. And so uh, <laughs> the uh, power mate, it's a giant, it's a giant, giant cuss uh, button and you hit it. And then you can, uh, you can bind a uh, command to that, right? So as oh, with, and by the way, I don't want to gloss over this because it is really cool. Better Touch Tool is this great thing that'll run and let you do all kinds of things with gestures, keyboard commands. You know, there's a million things like this, but if you're using one of these uh, touch things, it doesn't work. It's really, really useful. PowerMate, same deal. Now, I, I think there's, they might still be selling these. It looks like they're still on the site, but it's a big button. And so I tried for like, I don't like to discuss my failures, Dan. I don't, I don't discuss them. No, I know. It's, it's, it's problematic. I, I, you know... I can't let that all out. I spent so long trying to make an ad hoc cough button out of a PowerMate, and I could never get it right. So I was trying to basically 
You know, you know what I could do? I'll bet I could... This is, this is what people tune in for. I'll bet you I could go into keyboard under preferences and go to Apple. You ever do this? Do you make your own custom key commands under the, the keyboard preferences? Oh, I have done that. This is actually really powerful. You can go in and um, it's, 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 for Apple, it's so hacky that they let you do this at all. This is, this is just short of like a P-list edit. You, you go in and basically you identify an application. You say, this application, the exact text of this pull-down menu item, assign this key command to it. So anything, so and you, you have to get it exactly right, but it's kind of funny. It's kind of like res edity in some ways. You go in and say, I've got a bunch of these that I really love. Uh, here's a tip. If you like the, uh, the Chrome, I really like having the stuff in my bookmarks bar have keyboard commands. And you can do that. So like I've gone in and said for the first like nine, you, you get this natively in Safari. You do not in Chrome. So my first like nine book, bookmarklets that I use all the time are bound to uh, cap blocks, caps lock for me, but, uh, you know, control. I've, I've got caps lock on control. Yeah, you map um, it out. You map it. Weak. Yeah, it's so much better. You, you save your pinky. You don't get all the Emacs finger. But, but one through nine, <laughs> um, you do. This, this is making sense. You go to keyboard preferences. You click on applications. You select an application. You type in, you make a new item with the exact name of that thing. And in this case, it can actually be the exact name of a bookmark. And when you click, in my case, control one, it pops it right up, which is great for Instapaper. Great for posting to that Tumblr deal. Make a bit.ly link. Five and six are uh, back to work links. Live and next. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. So anyway, um, good week. Yeah. You got a mouthful of meat? No. Do you need a minute? Nope. Okay. Need to lay down? <sighs> I want to hear what your, what your bullets are. My bu- No, I'm not going to talk about my bullets. My office. My daughter is now giving me notes on the office, Dan. Like that it's dirty and disgusting or? Well, I'm not going to repeat myself. I, I put something on the internet about She literally, she said my, I'm trying to remember exactly. She said that my office looks like something like a dirty, disgusting dungeon. <laughs> oh, a dirty, rotten dungeon in a dirty, rotten castle is what she said. Well, you she put didn't this say up it on... was like, because I think dungeons, let's be clear. I think a dungeon is not a nice place by and large, oubliette or otherwise. Thing is, you can have a real nice castle with a pretty skanky dungeon. I think that kind of contrast is what makes a dungeon, the notion of the dungeon, so effective. In my case, she's saying it's not even nice upstairs. <laughs> Might as well all be dungeon. So I tried to fix my toilet today. I tried to I go on and try to fix my toilet. She will not even go in the bathroom anymore. I have to literally pick her up and put her... Anyway, the point is, she will not go in there because she says it is quote-unquote disgusting in my bathroom. I'm trying to fix my toilet. I made my toilet worse. I rebroke my toilet. So I got it back to where it was originally broken after re-breaking without ever actually fixing, fixing the original problem. I've got a bullet on this, but I'm going to skip it. So it's really bad. It's really bad in here. I, I went through a whole thing of Woolite, you know, spot cleaner, because basically <laughs> my, my, my office is a spot. It's, there, there's not, it's, very, it's very difficult. It's like I've been rolling in mud, you know, trying to use a Q-tip, you know. You need a big, big Q-tip. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dan. This, it's your show. Yeah. You should, wouldn't you want to talk more about what you think? And that, that was kind of a nice photo of my of my meat, though, don't you think? Pretty good. Yeah, well, no, it's wanna... a good. I, how do we get that into the into the thing? I'll have to save it and email it and upload yeah. it. And we should talk about logistics someday about about how we work and our workflows. This thing is making me hungry looking at this. That's a, that's a, that's a good. That's a good custom pork chop right there. It is something yeah. else. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get home fries. She likes hash browns. I like home fries. <clears throat> so what do you what do you substitute if you want to have home fries? You use you use elk. Or uh, oh, you would either omit it, mm-hmm, or, or you sweet, would put in tips. some kind of uh, sweet potato home fries. Okay, and that's that's not technically a cheat food. 
I don't think so. Okay. Hmm. Depends yeah, on how strict you want to be, I guess. What do you? I, I like being very strict, Dan. <laughs> I what know, you, I've heard that about you. <laughs> we shared some photos. What would you? Uh, what would you like to talk about today, Dan? I am. You're I was, the one with the was, bullet points. I just, you know, I just want well, to facilitate you. I know what I do. I keep, a, I keep a list of things we might talk about. I try to find interesting articles for our, us to discuss. I don't have anything like a Syracuse thing prepared, but um, hmm, I don't know. It's your show. It's your show. You know, you always say this is the show. You, you know, you, 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 you like doing this show, and and you, uh, what, 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 what's, what's it be in your bonnet this week? Hmm. Do, do you want a minute to eat? No, I ate already. You're kidding me. You ate all of that all that fast? You didn't see how much it was. I heard it. I heard some meaty bites. <laughs> Sounded good. I heard you masticating. You did. I don't think so. Because I got two different kinds of mute switches here. Mm. Huh. So you're saying I got to get XLRs. But, you know, I tried. I tried. I, I went with one of those different mics. I got uh, Jesse Thorne told me to buy one of those Hiles. No offense. And I, I got that. And I, <laughs> I got a compressor and I got the Mackie. And by no, the way, you I got to sell that. You did not. I, no, I bought all of that because I was going to start trying to do music and stuff. I quit my, you know what? And it was either that or like plug in a Rode Podcaster. But that's not what it. you're using now. I've got a Rode Podcaster and a USB too. Yeah. Yeah. But I tried that all and it was, it was a donkey drill. It, no, that's, it just, that's more like what we use. <sighs> so you're saying I shouldn't go with getting like a Heil with the setup. And the whole thing and the and the noiseless. I think in your in your particular situation, yeah. yeah, I think you should. Is this what you think people tune in for, or are we off base track a little bit? Just asking, because we got a lot of feedback about last week's show. What 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 do we talk about? Emails that came in. What were we talking about? Let me check. We were talking about last week's show. What were we talk about? Do you remember? Last week we talked about uh, bring your dog oh, to work. We talked about unclenching. Bring your dog to work. Oh God! That we got an email about that from, from. Oh, okay, but from the dog people. From Jason. Hmm. Jason says, I, "I thought I'd share I, dogs at on, work don't experience." Read it, don't read it. Oh God. My employer. Is it, is it, my employer made a big deal out of telling everyone about the upcoming bring your dog to work day. For the weeks, for the for the weeks leading up bring until your dog. now, that's funny. It's not like you just have a dog wandering around. It's like you bring it in to show you how you operate. It's a right? whole day where you're teaching this is your dog. I said, "Woof!" Until the arbitrarily chosen date around noon on an otherwise uneventful doggy day, someone sent out a mass email indicating that the building management had complained about the dogs. Apparently, nobody had thought to check if they allow the animals in in the building. <laughs> and now, what are you going to do? Drive it home? Yeah. You got to take um, it home. You know, I kid. I love dogs. But, you know, I don't know. I, eh, offices are weird. They're very, they're very weird, Dan. There, there's some, there are dog offices. You know, our venture capital guy at my dot-com place, uh, he was the name. There were two people named in the name of the, dot, of the uh, venture capital company. This guy happened to be a basketball player who, you know, I think he probably should have stuck with foul shots. But when he would come in, he would come to our dot-com the $35 million in, in cash that they'd given us, he, uh, he would come in with his dog in slacks. And he'd bring his dog to meetings. If you were a venture capitalist who used to play basketball, would you bring a dog in slacks to a meeting? Do you mean like prof- he used a- to play basketball professionally? He was a professional yeah. baller. This is not going to be super hard to Google. But yeah, he would come in. And then, you know, he'd get real distracted by shiny objects and stuff. <laughs> drill, drill down with the net net. Niles, those are nice blinds. <laughs> Sit. <laughs> Could you, would you bring your dog to a meeting? I, I, first, wouldn't, I, first, yeah, I would never have, have a dog. dog. 
Okay. So weird. Why do you have, have an animal? Little? No. Living in your house. Living in your house and like and it's like an animal on your, on your stuff. Sleeping an on your bed and everything. Mm. Yeah. I don't know why you do that. Oh, I think they're so loyal. <laughs> they're so God. loyal, Merlin. You they know look loyal? at you with those eyes and they just say what's loyal. Sit a when you tell them no the hair on it. That's loyal. <laughs> That's a loyal, loyal couch. Yeah. No, I like dogs. I had a dog named Chauncey Gardner. I don't dislike cool. dogs. I just don't no. want them in my house. Right. Hmm. Hmm. Like pro programmers. <laughs> I don't want them in my house either. Yeah. No, I've had nice. them in you my know, house. I learned. I'm going to say one thing about this. Uh, first of all, I'm just saying, if you used to play basketball and you're wearing slacks, don't bring a dog to a meeting. That's super weird. That's weird. I mean, God, what, everything was... Everything was uh, it was just a bananas time back then. Like it really, it was like everything goes. It was really, really silly. We had we had a uh, our dot com, which was very, very, very silly dot com. Put on one of those super expensive events in the middle of a conference that was germane to our vertical space, and uh, and it was determined uh, that we should give away oven mitts because if you're a professional in the real estate industry, aren't you going to want an oven mitt? <laughs> and so for the rest of the time <laughs> until we all lost our jobs, that became the running joke: oven mitt. Get it? Yeah. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> come on by get a can of paint a free dog it's real estate whatever something something 35 million dollars yeah yeah it was a good gig i was thinking um um i had two different things related to honesty that i honestly think well no and i'm not a particularly honest person which makes it problematic what do you mean but, you're not honest well you know I, that's this is part of the problem with honesty is that um mm, Hmm. I don't know. I, I, uh, what do you mean? I, well, I don't think I'm a dishonest person, but, but I think, I think today there's, there's a lot of, and this might've always been true, but today I think there's a lot of concatenation of honesty with other things that aren't actually about honesty. I mean, how does honesty square against privacy and how does honesty, um, square against the way you and I like want to ruminate on something before we make a decision about it? Do you know what I mean? Part of what makes honesty complicated, and this is not prepared, but um, part of what makes honesty complicated is that is it is as I get older, and really, I, I have you noticed how much older I look lately? <laughs> yeah. It'll like Honest. knock your socks off if you think about it. Yeah, it's those kind of diabetes socks. They're super tight. They're like, <laughs> you ever have prescription socks? I don't. You think that's fun? You think I like that? Are those like the inserts in your shoes to force an arch when you don't have one or something? Are you talking about lifts? Is that what that is? I don't, um, I'm not sure. Did you have lifts? Be, hmm? Like prosthetically? I, I haven't had a lift in years. <laughs> I even had a prescription. Um, I think there's concatenation. And I think that's, that's a problematic concatenation. You know, um, there's the honesty you got with yourself. There's the honesty you got with others. And there's the honesty of, uh, the one, the one that I, um, this is not the part I was thinking about, but as long as you got me going, um, you know, there's that whole thing in, in TV shows and movies when they swear somebody in, in court and you put up your hand, and at least in movies, I don't know if this is true today, you have to ask D Sparks, but they say, do you, do you promise to swear to tell the truth, the, the whole, whole truth, truth and, and nothing but the truth? So help you uh, dollar sign deity, right? Yeah. And so uh, I, um, I think that gets complicated because I get, as I get older, I realize that the, the truth is a, a slippery thing and that the truth and honesty are not even always the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Honesty, like truth can be this like platonic ideal, but honesty is, I think, really complicated. Um, and I had, I had two, I don't know, pseudo-interesting examples of this. There's a neat thread on Metafilter, um, on Ask Metafilter, 
where somebody the top the name of the topic was things said that can't be things said can't be unsaid, and it was about the the nut of it is here's the nut graph. If you're the kind of person who would be this brutal to someone you know or care about, um, what do you do with people who are this brutally honest and expect the or appreciate the same result in return? And so basically, it's this person who like as a child, like people say these awful awful things to you, you know what I mean? And they couch it as being honest, right? And and the the bridge here, I think, to our previous last few visits is that, you know, we talk a lot about honesty, when sometimes I think we probably mean candor, or probably we mean transparency, and you know, if this isn't showing you at least that I think honesty is complicated, <laughs> I mean, I, there's a lot of flavors to this. I mean, complete honesty makes you a sociopath. If you if you there's there's actually an article not too long ago about this this guy who has this thing called I think it's called radical honesty, which is this idea that he. <laughs> which it, really it's basically becoming a completely id-based character where all you do is tell people exactly <laughs> what's on your mind that moment. You know, you go, like a Tourette's, like Tourette's people or something. I guess. I mean, you know, that's a medical condition. With, wow. It's more complicated than that, but yeah. So you're saying, absolutely. wait, radical honesty is in the, in the sense, cause I've heard of this yeah. as a self-improvement well, like type of thing that, that, that the concept that the reason that we experience stress is because we are, we are somehow we have learned to tell white lies, or yeah. I mean, I just googled this real quick. I, it appears that this is Brad Blanton. Blanton. Brad, Brad, Brad Blanton. Blanton. Brad. Yeah. Uh, pro- the truth tellers. Uh, this is from Wikipedia, which is always right. The program asserts that lying is the primary source of modern human stress, and that practitioners will become happier by being more honest, even about painful or taboo subjects, etc. Which um, could be true. I mean, it's probably good for you, um, you know, but it's, um, well, I mean, obviously that's, this is an extreme end of the continuum, but, but in, in the case of that person on Metafilter, I mean, she's, she's talking about these really horrible things people have said to her. And, and what's really cool is a couple of the comments that people say, hey, you know what, those, it's not, those people aren't being honest, they're being jerks, right? And so you can frame yourself as being this person who's really all about honesty when you're really just kind of saying awful things to people or, or you're saying provocative things. And, and you know, it, it's nice to think in the abstract that being honest will keep you from being passive aggressive because they seem sort of polar. But I, I don't think that's the case at all. I think there are ways you can be extremely passive aggressive while appearing to be honest. You know, like uh, Jenna and the backdoor brag, you know. Wait, on, on what is that? Rock. You ever watch on 30 Rock? Jenna introduces uh, Kenneth to the backdoor brag. And, you know, it's kind of like a humble brag and it's, it's where it sounds like you're saying something that's, uh, you know, really honest, but you're really kind of working in like a compliment to yourself. Um, example. Oh gosh. I, you know, it's, you shouldn't quote comedy. Okay. I think Steve Martin said that. All right. Um, but I don't know, I guess, I guess if I were going to try based on this rambling as I, as I struggled to find the center of this, I, I'm, I'm interested in the idea that, that honesty is it, people who think that honesty is as simple as, as a zero and one are probably pretty dishonest people <laughs> because the truth, the truth is, is really complicated. You know, the Civil War happened because of slavery. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's true, but like there's so much more complexity to that. Okay, now me saying that sounds like I'm pro-slavery. When in fact, what I'm trying to say is, well, it's actually the, you've got the, the, the uh, puritanical religious base ap- approach of the North and prescriptive values that come with that with the more entrepreneurial freewheeling spirit of the South. And like that has, it's a huge part, but like that would be 
<clears throat> while not being dishonest, it is certainly not complete. I mean, if you tell the whole truth, you, uh, you're going to have to tell a lot of different truths in a lot of ways. And I, I just, I think that's complicated in relationships and especially at work. So when we say things like, or when I say things like, well, you know, somebody writes in with a certain kind of problem or, or you know, this difficulty and... I guess as somebody with a road podcaster, it's easy enough for me to fall back on saying, well, you just have to go talk to that person and be honest. But it's rarely as simple as that. <clears throat> and um, I think it gets into things like status and, and power and the, the amount of honesty that you can afford at a given time. I think we all, if, if you were really honest with yourself, you would know that there's sometimes you can only sort of afford so much honesty. You know, I think it's, it's really easy to, to get out there and act like this is a super simple thing, but, but I really think it's not. And this example that goes through my head, think it, you know, like the thank you email, like the, you know, like the, the, the email that you send to somebody when they've sent you a lamp or something. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. Sure. But this is a, this is a, in the email, um, productivity racket, this is a, a popular topic because it, it, most people have a pretty strong feeling about the thank you email. And I'll give you an example. <clears throat> somebody, um, you email somebody and you say, could you please, um, could you please tell me if Monday's a holiday? And they say, yes, Monday's a holiday. And they go, thanks. And this drives some people crazy. It drives some people really, a lot of people. I, I would have to guess probably a lot of the people listening right now do not like the thank you email because the thank you email seems crafty. It, it, you know what I mean? To, to, to a lot of people, you know, I, have you experienced this? Because I mean, I've met a lot of people who are, when I go in and do a talk on email, for example, they'll say, oh my gosh, one thing, can you please talk about how we don't need to have the thank you email. It drives me crazy how many of these I get every day. Have you heard people talk about this? Not as much. It's a, it's a pretty big thing. <clears throat> but then the other side, and I, I guess this is probably, if you were to think of this as a simple pie graph, most people who have an opinion about it, I think, don't like the thank you email. But there's a, you know, the rest of that pie is filled with people who love the thank you email. Yeah. And, and this is where it gets to the, to the power and honesty part, honesty part that I find interesting which is all the people who go, ah, I wish people would stop sending me these thank you emails. Well, it's not that they're saying that they don't want gratitude, but they're saying it's crufty, right? But when people say that, I'm inclined to say back to them, well, <clears throat> is it, are you getting mostly thank you emails from peers and people who are sort of lower than you on the ladder and they're like, yeah, it's all day long. It's thank you, thank you, thank you. And I was like, well, what if the CEO wrote you like a, a one-line email that said, you know, hey, Sue, like you're the reason we made this company and what you're doing is amazing and we're grateful that you're here. Thank you. Would you write them back and go, would you please stop sending me thank you emails? You <laughs> that, wouldn't, this... that wouldn't be appropriate. Well, but do you, do you see what I'm saying though? Yes. I think it's easy to be glib about that. So let me ask you this. Are thank you emails a, a, a terrible idea? It depends. Yeah, it depends. <laughs> the answer has to be conditional. You know, I live to muddy the water. This is, I, I, I would not have anything like a career in whatever it is that I do if I weren't constantly muddying the water. But um, in that instance, I mean, the real, if you were honest with yourself, you would go, oh, what it really is, is I can't be troubled by people who are not as important as me with gratitude. <laughs> but I do get why people say it. Now, from a tactical standpoint, I totally get why people don't like the thank you email. If there's like one person on the team who does thank you emails and everybody else doesn't, and then you write back and you say no need for the thank you email, it's sort of like, you know, the classic, like, please don't post to the whole list, which you post to the whole list to say that. Mm -hmm. And then somebody else writes and says, please don't, say, don't post the whole list of the whole list, you know, and then pretty soon it's Ragnarok. I don't know. 
I, I that's a lot to talk about, but I, I think I think I guess what I would want to what I'm trying to get at is facets facets of honesty, and that the 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 real the real meta honesty is understanding that it depends on how you're looking at it. And uh, is that relativism? Is that cheap liberal arts relativism that I am promoting here? I don't think so. What do you think? I think you, you struggle. It seems not struggle. It seems to me that this is a very important value to you is, is to be as to be as honest as you can be all the time with people. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's part of. Uh, well, the, you know, people don't like this. And getting Buddhisty. Yeah. No, oh, get Buddhisty. Uh, part of. A big part of uh, Buddhism and uh, Buddhist practice uh, is uh, is honesty. And I'm actually there's a quote that I'm looking for, which is uh, which is, is that right, kind of like right speech. It definitely ties into right speech. And there's a um, there's a great quote. I'm going to look for it when you when when you start talking because nobody wants to hear me just like googling for a sur- for a um, you know for a a quote from the Buddha that's not really that interesting uh, but it's, you want to do that you want to do that no it, it's it, there's something that is critical uh, it, to to honesty and to being honest when you're entering into a Buddhist practice that Buddhism on its core is based on honesty but honesty to yourself about about yourself. Uh, I mean, it, it is probably the most important virtue, being honest with yourself, being honest with other people. Now, that doesn't mean you have to say when somebody says, oh, do I look fat in this? Yes, you look really fat in it. I mean, there there is that right speech defines how you are honest. But there were plenty of times uh, in the stories of the Buddha where he would, you know, not answer or be skillful in delivering an answer that that isn't meant to hurt somebody's feelings you know it's not it's not talking about and i guess this gets into back to your definition about candor and and other things but honesty itself at the core of it being able to lie it actually becomes and i i've heard other people say this as well that as you develop a, a stronger meditation practice and as you you know if you follow buddhism and 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 do your best to make that part of your life it actually becomes i don't want to say like a physical impossibility but it it becomes very very difficult to tell any kind of any kind of lie and it 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 becomes something that's almost tangible that you can't i don't want to say you're, you're incapable of lying but it almost feels that way like it you 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 can't fathom it because you understand deeply what saying something that isn't true can do, and then you also learn that there are lots of other ways to answer people's questions that are not deceitful, but that don't hurt their fe- don't hurt their feelings Doesn't or don't you cause into lies of omission, problems. No, you you can't. That's all tied into it. But then, but by a lot of people's, and this could be a straw man, but by it seems to me that by a lot of people's definition of honesty. And and let's be honest, <laughs> the the people who the people who are constantly crying about honesty are frequently the same ones who are crying about hypocrisy, mm. which, in my opinion, at least, tends to mean that they're really worried about being seen as a hypocrite. Um, you know, a truly honest person doesn't need to worry about whether people think they're being honest. Yeah, disclosure, disclosure, disclosure. Like you can never disclose your way out of like seeming really, you know, sketchy. You know, but the live the live the reason I ask about the live omission is, uh, and which is you know again putting it strongly, but. 
Well, you know, the other thing people hate us talking about, of course, is kids. And we had a... And we're going to hit both of them. Yeah, sure. Let's get it out of the way. But, um, but I mean, now there's probably some kind of an ethics, ethics scholar that can tell me how weak an example this is. But let's say you want to explain to your kid the classic don't take candy from strangers. Mm. You want to say to your kid, hey, look, um, so you could, you could come up with some, something as simple as don't talk to strangers. Well... Is that really what you want to say? Is that really what you want to get across? Well, not really, because now they're going to be taciturn with people at stores, you know? <clears throat> and I, I'm a big believer in, in please and thank you. I think you get away with a lot more when you say please and thank you. Um, but you want to get something a little deeper than that. So you say, well, don't talk to strangers that you don't know and that you know mommy and daddy don't know. Okay, so you're not going to talk to kids at the playground and their parents? Well, that's a really gray area in some ways. Okay, well, what, what about if you're lost at a store? Should you talk to a stranger? Well, yeah. So now how do I describe that? Yeah, when it, well, that's very complicated. Well, look for someone in a uniform and make sure that their ID tag is accurate. <laughs> that's you, easy, that's you, easy for kids to do. Sweetheart, sweetheart, are you writing all this down? I'm not done, <laughs> right? And, and what is it that we're really ultimately trying to say? Uh, and I'm, I'm not even going to say the honest thing here. I'm going to parse it in a way that I think is more appropriate, which is that there are people out there who do bad things to other people. And so a lot of times it's people we know. and <laughs> Sometimes it's people we don't know. How do, you, how do you get that through to a kid, you know, without resorting to something kind of harrowing or without parsing something into so many tiny pieces that it would be impossible to implement in real life? You know, for example, I mean, not, not to go all dark here, but supposedly... Turns out most, most violent crimes, including murder, are the result of how are committed by somebody that we know, you know? Right. So, I mean, how do I give the advice to my daughter that I, uh, that I want to keep her safe without being so honest that it's scarring? <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. Well, and that, I mean, my, the, the honesty that I live with is I try to give her a big enough pattern to ap apply across a very complicated world. Um, but I mean, I can only explain so much about that at a time. Explaining why not to go in traffic is pretty straightforward. If you, if you run into traffic, a car could hit you pretty easily. Like, don't chase a ball into the road. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's, there's some heuristics for that that can be pretty effective. But and again, I, that, that might be a weak example, but I think that's, that's, not, that's not a terrible example. And I, personally, I think it goes straight back to one of my hobby horses, which is expertise. Where if you're trying to teach somebody something, um, you have to start with where they are. Okay. So if you're, if you're going to try and teach me Python, you're not going to go straight into some topic that I don't understand. You're going to first try and explain some basic stuff. You're not going to go straight down to the metal <laughs> in order for me to understand the basics of this high level, um, scripting language. Right. Right. So in order for that to be useful, as we've said before, to be a good teacher, you have to understand a lot about your ostensible student. So, I mean, you could be complete, by, by dropping some giant O'Reilly book on them and saying, well, please read this cover to cover. But you might really also, I mean, Python's a terrible example because I don't know enough about it to even say. But, um, but with, again, with expertise or experience, you can explain things to people and they'll, under, they'll know the problem domain well enough that you can speak with some nuance about it and you won't have to explain things like what a controller is or whatever. <laughs> right? Yeah. So... I don't know. And, and, you know, and the reason I think it's sticking in my head a little bit is I've been thinking a lot about um, Evan, right? Evan, who wrote to us about the, uh, this is, was that last week? Yeah, it was last week. Yep. And Evan wrote He wrote to us, back, by the way. 
Oh, I'd love to hear that. But just for folks who didn't hear it, uh, uh, listener Evan wrote to us about applying this this vaunted honesty that we're always promoting um, to somebody who was like related to the boss about, hey, could you please not put your glass bottles of stuff in the freezer? Because mm-hmm. and that honesty, like as, in Evan's words, if memory serves, blew up in his face. There's a great choice of words in that instance. <laughs> so I mean, you know, what kind of honesty works in that situation? Because because I, I don't know I don't know how you get away from either like you're gonna sound like a total jerk or you're gonna at the other end of the continuum maybe be so ineffective or somewhere in between. Remember we talked about the work hacks where you do these slightly passive aggressive things like you talk about, oh, I just wanted to save you from making the same mistake I did because I'm a real dummy. You know? Is that honest? I mean, I I guess it's honest, but if your version of honesty is uh the, the end justifies the means. Well, I think for a lot of people, the means is the part where the honesty is most important. It, you know, I mean, is it, is it a utilitarian thing? Is it a day-to-day ethical practice thing? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to convince myself that it's okay for me to think that's complicated. Because I, I find it frustrating when people don't see the nuance to that or don't see that just because you're not saying everything about everything, th- that makes you a dishonest person. You know, I, I, right speech in Buddhism, which is part of the Eightfold Path, it's number three, by the way, is widely... With a a bullet. (laughs) Yes, is widely, widely considered to be one of the most difficult, if not the most difficult uh, part of the path for a lot of people. I mean, obviously, things like right mindfulness, right concentration, yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about, like, right intention, right view, you know, right livelihood, things like that. But actually paying attention to your speech and what you say and really thinking about how it could be interpreted and affecting people. I mean, admittedly, that's it, it's the toughest, toughest thing. So do you want to hear the Buddha's definition of uh, right speech? Because there are, there are four uh, bullet points for right speech. Sure. Do you want to hear these? And you tell me if, if, this, is, if this addresses the honesty stuff that you're, you're thinking about. Okay, number one. Uh, to abstain from false speech, especially not to tell deliberate lies and not to speak deceitfully. To to abstain, uh, and this is not from memory, by the way, and I'm sorry to disappoint you. Uh, to <laughs> to abstain from slanderous speech and not to use words maliciously against others. Three, to abstain from harsh words that offend or hurt others. And four, to abstain from idle chatter that lacks purpose or depth. That's the real hard one. Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah, I know. Yes, I got to stop doing these shows. Positively phrased, this means to tell the truth, to speak friendly, warmly, and gently, and to talk only when necessary. So that is right speech. Which, which you know, to pull out sounds, cliche, sounds almost it, like impossible, right? It makes me think of Mister Rogers um, again. Yeah. Something we talked about on here before, uh, you know, and you can certainly make this into a cliche, but um, you know, when I've heard interviews with him or things about him. Uh, I've mentioned this before, but one thing I, I find so admirable about Fred Rogers was his ability to, you know, he seems like a real wuss from a certain standpoint, like from a, like a stand-up comic point. But when you hear him speak or you hear about things that the guy did, um, he was anything but. He, he was a guy with very strongly held values yeah. who somehow managed to not judge people. And he always sought out the best in other people and didn't, didn't and, and, but he could say very honest things to people and because it was so clear that he did not mean ill by it, he got away with a lot of honesty in a way that, that some people couldn't, right? Um, but, hmm, 
He lived. Yeah, yeah. He, he grew up in Winter Park, Florida. Did, he went to Rollins, didn't he? I, I thought. I thought so. Huh. Got to do a theater program there. He was a good man. He's a good man. One, one of the problems with uh, I, 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 I like. I'm, I'm so I'm ruminating on what you said because I mean it, it, it almost it's it does become a little bit contradictory in practice, which is okay with me. <laughs> you know, and that's uh, the boy the most nuanced thing. I mean, as honest as you can be. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that. Do you want to know the five keys to write speech? <laughs> if you think it'd be useful, yeah. Uh, for you, it would. Mm. That what you're saying is spoken at the right time, that it's spoken in truth, that it's spoken affectionately, that it's spoken beneficially, and that it's spoken with a mind of goodwill. That's not, that, that sounds like Fred Rogers. Yeah, that's fine for Buddha. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- I think I think you're right. I mean, there's, a, there's also, there's a logistical problem to lying, not, not to change the topic, but there's a, to me, the logistical problem of, of lying is that I, I don't, I don't like telling, I don't like saying things that, well, and, and let me make, let me make yet another subtle distinction. And we've talked before here about the difference between lying and not saying true things, mm-hmm. which sounds extremely nuanced. I think it's not. Um, when you, when you, um, boy, there's that wonderful essay by uh, George Orwell um, about the ways this sounds overwrought, but he pulls it off. That basically, when, when you when you speak in these uh, bureaucraties s- sort of terms, mm. you actually kind of invite fascism into your life because you you end up um, saying all these things that kind of don't really mean anything. And he's writing this around the time of World War II, um, and the name of it's escaping me. It's one of the most famous essays on writing ever that we will put in show notes. But um, when you get into the habit of getting real comfortable saying things that aren't true. Um, I think you change a little bit. I mean, I've met, I, ha- I have this real problem with having to be around people who I know are saying untrue things. And, you know, there's this, there's like, you know, you meet people at parties, you know, and, and they're constantly, you just compulsive liars, people who are trying to like raise their status by saying things that are obviously untrue. Like what? And sometimes, like well, sometimes it example. takes, Sometimes it takes 10 minutes, but you can usually tell because if you get buttonholed at a party by somebody who wants to start by talking about like, you know, it'll frequently be, you'll start out with these little feelers about status like, oh, uh, what neighborhood do you live in? Or, you know, uh, what's your commute like? And where do you, blah, blah, blah. And you start, and obviously they're trying to feel you out to go like, are you rich? Mm. Are you somebody that I need to impress? Um, And there are some people who are so desperately needy that they've got to relate their status to you no matter what. So they find ways to mention what kind of car they've got. 96 Jetta, thanks. Um, they, <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Jealous. <laughs> uh, they find ways to try and like, and this, I, this is such a huge California thing. It's such a huge San Francisco thing. I, in LA, I'm pretty sure it's even worse. But you know, you try and do all these little signifiers. So it can start out with something as simple as, oh yeah, yeah it's been a, been a crazy week. You know, we uh, really took it in the shorts on this uh, stock shorting. And you're like, oh, it's super interesting. And then pretty soon they're like, and I had to sell my fourth barge and donate it to the United Way or whatever. And you're like, wow. You know, and, and you get into these increasingly and they start moving closer to you and you can feel the hot breath of their dishonesty right on your face. Oh, and this happened to me one time at a party, uh, at a Christmas party one time where like by the end, I, I go into this mode when I'm for- forced. So, you know, you know, it starts out and it's little stuff. And, 
you know, it's sort of like the BS we can live with and the BS, you know, this is all mostly BS we can live with. But at a certain point, they might as well be, he might as well be saying like, I'm Yosemite Sam and I hate rabbits. Like it becomes so farcical. <laughs> it, it really, it does really become like, like a monologue where this person clearly does not realize how bat cuss insane they seem. And so this guy, seriously, one time this guy was telling me about, about his work in the oil industry and, you know, and, and, and pretty soon you're getting into his work with the CIA that he probably shouldn't be telling you about. And, you know, and the thing is really three more trips like that because they're paying me, you know, 300 grand for mission or whatever. And you go, and, and now I go into this mode, which, which I call, wow, that's a lot of money mode. Where somebody st- suddenly becomes all about the status of money. They go, yeah, well, you know, and just to get my BMW fixed cost $150,000. And I go, wow, that's a lot of money. Yeah, I've had intercourse with seven ladies today, some of them twice. You go, wow, <laughs> that's a lot of intercourse. Because what do you say at that point? I mean, it's, 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 it becomes farcical. Now, f- now for myself, like, I, and I'm not trying to present myself as a super honest person, but my logistical problem is my mind is not fast enough to cover all, a lot of dishonesties with other dishonesties. Some people are great at it. And, and to me, that's where you become, I don't know if you'd say a psychopath or a sociopath, but where you stop being aware of how crazy you seem and you start believing your own press releases so much that you can become really effective at that. And I've got friends that do this. I've got friends um, <laughs> who have jobs where, where they're very effective at telling their company's version of the truth all day long. And of course, they get real butt hurt if you point out that that's pretty much BS. But uh, you see this all, all the time. I mean, you know, if you're, in, if you're in something like public relations, I mean, you have to be honest. Like, you can't say untrue things about your, your product. But like, how do, you, how do you say, is that a huge issue? I mean, do, do, you, do you castigate that entire industry because you have to put a good spin on things? Is everybody in politics bad? Um, is the oncologist who's trying to ease it into you that your kid's going to maybe not be around for long? Is that dishonest? I mean, you have to tell the truth about what's going to happen. But, but you know, h- how, do you, how do you do that in a way that's not inhumane? You know, or in my case, like, I would just, I would be constantly tripping over myself if I tried to, like, explain how many yachts I owned. Did I say, did I say six? I meant, I meant 60. Because I'm rich? That's part <laughs> of the problem. Yeah. And that becomes, that becomes actually kind of a lot of overhead because then you have to start remembering which version you said to which person. And my memory's so poor about stuff like that that... Well, that's, it, that, that works in your favor because it means that you'll be less likely to go off the rails. Yeah, I, I suppose so. Don't you think? Hmm. Yeah, it's... Hmm. There's all, there's, there's, there's really if you, in other words, what it sounds like you're saying is that it's, it, it's difficult for you to not tell the truth because you find that you get caught confusing the different lies. Well, that's a good thing, I think. I, I, yeah, I guess it is. I, there's this thing that I, I, I try to avoid <clears throat> talk, talking about because I don't, I don't, there's no reason to like, I, I you know what? Never mind. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, all right, it's, no, it's fine. I don't no, care. Anyway. There's this, and I, I, there's this part of me that really thinks that, that that this is a complexity or difficulty, or as we like to say, problem that is heavily amplified by the existence of the internet. Mm. Not the existence of the internet, but by the popularity of things like social media, where you sit and you, you groom your pretty long hair all day long, and you put out the version of yourself that you're most comfortable with, and you essentially sit around building a personal brand all day long. And your personal brand might be, I'm Johnny Honesty, and I'm going to speak truth to power. Mm. Like, I don't have any real way to know whether you're honest, but I, but I do know that you, have, you, have, you are so confident 
in your own rectitude that you've got to be wrong so much more than you think. And then that becomes a kind of branding thing, right? And now you're kind of not allowed to be flawed and evolving. And this worries me on a lot of these, these big capital letter words, these capital letter nouns like, like hypocrisy and, uh, you know, and, and, and honesty and, and love and friendship. Because I think getting those things wrong or, or, or worse still, getting those things, thinking that you've got them right can take you in a lot of silly places. Because if, you, if your stake in the ground is, and, and you really, I mean, if your stake in the ground is that you're great at all that stuff and, no, and, and just you're, you're, there's no way you could be any better at it and, and you, you sit around and show other people how they're, how they're bad at it, like, I, I think that can be problematic. Um, because it's not, a, for most people, being, being slightly flawed in differing ways is not a really interesting brand. It's interesting in comedy, but if you're like a, you know, a social media douche, like you have, to, you have to seem all like, oh, these are my values and stuff like that. And I'm not even reacting to anything in particular here. It's just that this seems like a thread that comes up a lot in what we talk about. And I know it comes up a lot inside of companies where there are people who are just yearning to say something true. Or, or more importantly, if you're down at the lower end of the quote unquote ladder, you're craving somebody to say something true to you. In, in this environment where you feel so surrounded by half-truths um, and, and spin, you know what I mean? Like you, on the show with Marco, you were talking about that uh, blog post from Twitter. Yeah. You know, and it's something Gruber's great at. I don't know if Gruber invented this, but he's great at it. He, he's great at disassembling a press release, you know, line by line. You know, translation, colon, <laughs> we sold a lot fewer of these tablets than we said we would. <laughs> you know, but Rim, Rim is not going to come, come out and, and go, you know what? We really screwed the pooch on this. Uh, we've made a lot of really silly decisions and we're not sure what to do about it. Like that's not going to make the shareholders happy. So, I mean, that, that, that flavor of honesty, even as Canadians, that flavor of honesty that they have to deal with is going to be functioning at a pretty high level. I don't know. I guess, I guess what I, at, at the risk of sounding super, super silly and self-absorbed, I think on all of these things, um, getting too far down one end of the continuum and deciding that you're great about it is, is problematic because uh, you don't get to grow. And you stop looking for the opportunities to find those little, um, those little nuggets of honesty that could make things better. Because if you're constantly looking for the, the big, complete honesty, you might miss a lot of the really profound, small honesties. And, and in some ways, that's really what life's made of. We could sit around and, you know, and ruminate in this capital P philosophy way about truth and goodness and all of these things, which is all very interesting. But like, if you're stealing somebody's muffins, you're kind of a you know, if you may be the most honest, sorry, a cuss, you, you, might, you might consider yourself the most honest person in the world or the least hypocritical person in the world. But in my heart, I really believe that the people who worry about that without hemming and hawing as much as I do, I'm very suspicious of those people. I don't, I don't want to be, but I always feel like, wow, you're so, you're so sure about everything. <laughs> you're, you're really, you're really keen to let me know how rich and not messed up you are. And it's so <laughs> suspicious to me. Yeah. Well, not everybody is comfortable. Silly. No, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying you have to be as silly of a, of a pseudo-adult as I am, but there's just something about that. I, first of all, I'm much more attracted to people. Uh, you don't have to be a, a shambling mess, but I'm, I'm, very, I'm really attracted to people who have something like a, self, a, sense of, like a sense of humor about what they're maybe not great at. Right? And of course, we all can shape that and form that in a million different ways, but it's just, it, it's one reason... I don't like doing this talk going on and doing talks so much anymore because then I feel a little bit 
complicit in, in a certain flavor of dishonesty. If I'm expected to go in and uh, and and do my bit, and I feel like if if the most important thing that I want to say is going to be really awkward to everybody because it's a flavor of honesty that that they're not ready for. Mm. If I'm going to really explain what happens inside the white van, like that's going to be super disruptive and I'm not going to make people happy Mm -hmm. because they're not, they don't want that. They're not ready for that. The level of honesty that they want is there. It's a different level. And I've told you this before, but I'll, I mean, this is the, the latest thing that doesn't get me hired for things is this. Um, is in, in one of the very first phone calls or first or second phone calls about me coming and talking somewhere. And, you know, like, again, I, I don't do hardly any of this anymore because it's, it's such a pain. <laughs> Nobody likes it. But it becomes really difficult because I, 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 the last two times I've had a call about this with somebody and I got even the slightest bit of the fear that they were full of crap. I say, I'll say, well, here's the thing. I've got a lot of things that I'd like to think that I can help you with. Starting at eight, eight willfully superficial level all the way down to let's sit and cry until we can't operate anymore. And, and somewhere in between, we'll find the thing that you would find useful. But you need to tell me how honest you are and you need to tell me how honest you want me to be. And here's the part that's difficult is I don't care how honest you are. I just, I need to know how honest you want to seem. Mm. Because if, if, in my opinion, the real problem is so difficult and unsolvable um, that I, I could be a real like Captain Bringdown in that room. But I, I want to know how far into the stack you want to go. And again, I'm not sitting here going like I'm Moses with the tablets or anything. I'm saying that what I do know is that a lot of the wrong inside of those buildings happens because we think we're being honest and we're not. And I don't mean honest in some kind of platonic sense. I mean honest in the sense of everybody in the place knows that this is totally bananas and is not true and that that's just a poster. And then, you know, for myself, I don't want to come in and act like that poster is what's actually happening. And surprisingly enough, Dan, when I ask people how honest they want to be and how honest they want me to be, sometimes they don't like that. Because I'm basically, I'm I'm saying something that I really believe, which is that we all do our best to try to be honest a lot of the time. But, But if we don't recognize that there are different flavors and levels to that, we are in some ways being somewhat dishonest. <laughs> you wait a minute. Let me let me understand. Now that I'm not getting hired, let me understand. You're telling me that you really, really think that all this value stuff has any impact on the lives of the people who work here? Like, if I go and I ask five people in those little cubes about the values of the company, they will a be able to rattle them off, and b give examples of how it works in practice, and c the things that you canceled or gave more budget for in order to make those values happen. Okay, thank you for your time. <laughs> it's a, an unpopular stance. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm actually pretty okay with this being a, a shambling show about that because that's, I, th- I think that's what it is. You know, going back to my abortive book and that cover that they didn't like because it was messy. Well, I think this is messy. And, and, and it comes up enough that I, th- I think it's worth talking about even if we're not always great at it. And that's maybe the reason to talk about it. You know what I mean? Uh, you could think about it. If you want to be like, like uh, Johnny LinkedIn, you could think about it in terms of credibility. You could think about it in terms of effectiveness. You could think about it in whatever words you've read in in-flight magazines that, that make you feel like you're doing something super important. No offense. Um, but, but it does still come down to that thing. Um, why, why would Mr. Rogers be a great manager? Well, because he could tell you that, you're, that you, there are better ways to do, you, do your work. And he could do it in a kind of gentle way where you would not feel that it was passive aggressive. You would not feel that they're secretly trying to brag about their yacht. You know, I don't even think Fred Rogers had a yacht. He had some puppets and shoes, but um, a lot of piano music. 
but you know, he's a minister. Did you know that? Uh, he was a minister. Yeah. Yeah. He's an ama- amazing, truly, truly an amazing man. I mean, it's, it's such a cliche to talk about Mr. Rogers, but he really uh, quite an amazing, it's, it's easy enough to pull out these, you know, posters of Gandhi and stuff, but wow. Talk about somebody you could learn from, but like, wouldn't you rather have a, wouldn't you love to have a manager like that? Yeah. I mean, the problem, the problem with honesty in the workplace, sometimes setting aside all this Merlin blathering is that there's not really, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of room for that in some ways, because, and I guess we're rehashing something from a few episodes at this point, or I am, but that honesty feels like a jab, right? Yeah. And, and, and if you're being honest with somebody, quote unquote, who doesn't want to, to fire back at you with, with the real deeper honesty, they may just sit on that. And somebody, so somebody goes, so like, you've got this uh, boss and yes, it's a management problem. Sorry. Uh, somebody goes and says, Hey, listen, you guys, um, I noticed a lot of you haven't signed uh, up yet for the breakout session that you would like to go to uh, during the value seminar that we're having at our breakout weekend. Um, so, you know, are you, are you going to sign up for the, uh, the ingenuousness uh, ropes course or, or are you going to be doing um, the uh, transparency drill down? <laughs> uh, because, you know, we want our organization to be much more transparent. And, and, and everybody's just sitting there and, and, you know, it's like Kylie, you know, and Fantastic Mr. Fox, you just got the spiral eyes. <laughs> so yeah boy that's all over the map um where, where are we at can, can i tell you about something i like please do i want to tell you about this thing i like a lot called squarespace uh have you heard of these guys i have heard of squarespace um they they're that place you go if it's like a bounce house they bring a bounce house to your to your party but it's just instead of being like the castle it's just a big square oh yeah yeah i mean it used to be they used to be a, a bouncy castle dot uh, net and, and then they became a uh, 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 bouncing off the walls dot me <laughs> okay um, no but Squarespace is a great place where you can go and you can put your stuff um, it's a it's a place that's a hosted site uh, with all kinds of uh, features and redundancy and uh, I, I was talking to little Ryan about this and I, I gave him uh, a kind of apology of saying like we talk about this so much that I, I feel like I, I want to make sure you understand like how great this actually is and not just go, blah, 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 blah. We've talked about this before. But here's the thing about Squarespace is you go in and you sign up for one of these sites and you really are a few minutes away from having your stuff up. Now, I'm going to tell you some specifics, some specific tricks that I use today. But the neat thing is you can import your blog. You can customize your templates. Uh, you can pull in your social media widgets. You move it all around in a beautiful WYSIWYG interface. And if that's not, your, not the way you like to roll, there's heavily advanced customization, custom CSS. Um, again, talking about the layers and the stacks and how deep you want to go, you can go pretty deep on this. But by design, they don't want you to have to go deep with it. They want you to go in and make stuff. Beautiful iOS app that I use all the time. It's just a really easy way to get up uh, your blog posts or your photos. Um, personally, I think they're monkey balls not to sell it as an intranet. It's, it works so well as a private network. Yeah, it can. It could be used for that. Yeah, I mean, and, and they... I mean, they've got so much stuff that they could choose to promote about it. But I mean, you know, I, uh, I'm doing... <laughs> I'm so cagey about this because it's taking forever. But my friend who's helping me with migrating some stuff to Squarespace, like we have a little area where he's got a login 
and I give him a login. I make him an admin. I can pick what areas he's allowed to do stuff in. You can pick like what areas people can see. This is why I say it would be neat as an internet because you know even though we're a com- com- company that is moving heavily towards transparency, complete literal complete transparency, <laughs> you have the ability to have people sign up for these things. You can have people sign up just. I, I believe you can still do this. Have people sign up just for comments and things like that. You can have it set up so that when they go to this particular section of the site, they see a login just for that section of the site. It's really powerful stuff that we don't always get at. But I went to, uh, so, in, you know, you guys should, should check this out at squarespace.com uh, slash back to work. I want to tell you one trick I do today. I'm going to try and start bringing out more of my tricks because just saying it's fun to use and neat doesn't get at it. It's like explaining a magic trick, right? It's very, it's very difficult to get across. Um, and, and this is partly a problem that I'll never get around because you need to be in here and look at this to see how cool this is. But I spend a lot of my time on this page that's called architecture. So you get a section called structure and under that is architecture. And architecture is where you've got sections of stuff. Sections of stuff that then have like widgets or bits of stuff inside of them. Now, in the easiest, the easiest way to understand this is a sub, like a, uh, a subdirectory. So you've got a top level on your site, right? And then let's say you've got a section called blog. Now, under that section, you can have all kinds of things. Like, on, let me give you the example of Roderick on the line. So, if you go to merlinman.com slash Roderick, you will land on the, the journal for our site, which is their word for a blog, which is great. Now, I get to pick, like, all I have to do is upload a file and it turns into a podcast. I can add the art to that in the WYSIWYG. It can be WYSIWYG or Markdown or HTML or whatever it is you want to do. You can switch between modes, super easy to use. But then I have this, I actually need to update this, but I've got FAQs. So how did I make FAQs? Well, I created, I said, I hit add page and that creates a new section called FAQs that is under, underneath that subdirectory. You can have as many of these as you want. You can have multiple blogs. You can have multiple galleries. Now here's my trick for today. Um, I use a template style that you can have two sidebars like in a lot of CMSs. I, have, I use only one sidebar on all of my sites and sidebar two is not visible on the live site. So whenever I'm developing stuff, a, I put it over in sidebar number two, and B, you can have it be invisible, like not show to the public yet. So I have these two levels of you won't see it yet. I can, uh, I can make it so that only I can see it in the side rail to test it. What's great is, why is this awesome? Well, I can go in, I could build an entire site or subsite on Squarespace. I could build the entire thing. I could trick out the templates. I could move things around. I can say only show this widget on these pages, right? The kind of stuff that used to drive me bananas in Drupal, to be honest. It's so much, it's so easy to do and only you, only you see it. And then when you're ready to go, you flip it on. In my case, I can say show this area uh, and it would show up or I can move it over my sidebar one, which is the, the right rail in my case, and it pops right up. Um, we talk about this a lot and I just want to make sure that you folks understand that this is way more than just a, a little whizzy way uh, to put up a picture of your lunch. Like there is a lot going on in here. There's a lot under the hood and there's, let me just say there's a lot more coming soon. Um, and this is very much worth checking out. Um, Dan, what do you, what do you got on the Squarespace at this point? You got the big week there. I have bigweek.co. I have uh, the five by five blog. I have another site that's not public yet and I'm going to get HiveLogic uh, moved over there as soon as I can. It's and uh, just one we've mentioned this before, but I, I have to repeat this. If you if you are on one of the popular uh, platforms and you want to just test this out, there's something called the blog importer. We'll just import. It'll just suck it right in. How about this? You enter the credentials for for certain popular CMSs, and w- you put your creds in and hit a button, and it goes over and it understands what your top level domain is for it, and it actually with with zero three hundred ones, it gets all your permalinks right the first time, which I have no idea how that works. I 
I spent about four months of my life making 301s. I had the world's largest HD access. You can check Guinness. Um, but that, it's that easy to do. Um, and so uh, like, I, like, uh, like I like to say at least once a month, I know you guys are nerds. I, I know you're rolling your own. Um, but this is, this is worth having a look at because there's so much here under the hood than you realize. I may end up making some videos about some of this because I think that's the only way to really show people. But here's the good part is you can go in. And, and right now... Well, I mean, this is a new thing they do now. Is that you know when you sign up, you sign up for a year or more, you get a free domain name. This is so easy to do. You go in, you enter the domain name if it's available. You hit it, you got it, you sign up for one or two years, uh, and uh, that domain name immediately hangs on your site. Well, immediately as fast as it propagates, your mileage may vary. So the thing is, here's the deal: if you go in and you buy buy a year of the Squarespace, you get twenty percent off. You buy two years of the Squarespace, you get twenty five percent off. And because you're a beloved listener, I'm back to work. We have this is you know this is the month of seven now. Are you aware of that? I yeah, it just began just a few moments ago. Okay, well you'll get ten percent on top of all of that. This is that's a lot of percent. You'll get ten percent off with the month of July Africa. Would you please tell them what the Africa is? What is what is this month? You can tell them it's your show. I don't remember. It's your show. I can't. I I'll make one up. Tell them. Batmobile. It's your show. That, um, oh, it's your show. <laughs> the Africa that's that's the actual. Is, <laughs> See, I took and I turned it. So don't use Batmobile. Month. Use it's it's your show. You don't you have to cut all of that out. You understand? No, you don't. Uh, your your show. It's not. There's no it's in it. It's just, just your show. Y o u r s h o w. So it's it's your show, but not it's your show. Just your show. Underscore. Let's see. Dot com. Yahoo. Underscore spelled out. Oh, hold on. No, it's uh, First, just uh, your I, show, and, and that's a lot of percents on top of all of that. And I, I wish you guys would go and check this out because it is pretty great. Um, I'm talking a little Ryan. We may do some special things because I, I think uh, it's going to take a video uh, level of stuff to show how cool this is. But um, you can run a lot of your life off of this, and uh, it's it's a pretty neat thing. So go to squarespace.com/slash back to work, and you'll have the opportunity uh, to sign up. Uh, it helps us a lot if you go to that uh, URL when you sign up because that tells Lil Ryan that you're suffering the show, and. Uh, we're all very grateful for that. Anything else, Dan, about the Squarespace? I love it's the Squarespace. Handsome. It's a very handsome site. Those very templates handsome. are really quite, right, quite handsome. So uh, we're very grateful to Squarespace uh, for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. Anyway, you know, uh, for the summer house, we only had room for three of the odds. <laughs> wow. That sucks. Ugh. I hate that. I hate that. It's the worst. Yeah. You know, you know that uh, there's a lot of the services now where you can... Um, you can do this with if this, then that. There's lots of, you know, purpose-built apps for this. But you can, like, kind of hit a little secret button and, and, and get a text. It's an emergency text. E-text, they call it. They <laughs> call it an e-text? Yeah. Huh. Is that XML? Yeah. E-text-ML? It's, uh, well, it's HTML5. Yeah. I like to act like I'm having a seizure. Just because it's fun. That's a nice yacht. <laughs> I find it very difficult to do. And it's not because I'm a ceaselessly, ceaselessly honest person, but just because I like having, like a conversation with somebody and if you're constantly being pulled back into like how like you you played the kick drum on when the levee breaks or whatever yeah you're like well first of all like you wouldn't just play the kick drum um you weren't alive then you know and but no at that point now you're the jerk because you're the you're the one trying to explain you know how led zeppelin works to somebody that's complicated i don't know i don't know you can be all right yeah, I think I'll be all right. No, this is a purging thing because we talk about honesty so much that, like I say, I'm willing for this to be a little bit shambling because I think it's a pretty shambly issue. There are aspects of honesty, um, and I really, I, I should write down all of these, do a little word tree of all these um, synonyms or near synonyms because I think the synonyms are more, uh, more interesting than that carved in stone word honesty. Candor, 
I think candor can be different from honesty. Transparency can be very different from honesty. Um, I mean, it's a flavor of that, right? Like if you were going to make a tree, those might be branches on the tree. But, you know, let's first say a lot of the companies who keep talking about being transparent, they really mean getting a Facebook account. Like <laughs> real transparency is like opening the books. Right. Right. I mean, do you, is that, I mean, oh, oh no, no, we're not going to be that kind of, trans- okay. So is that, does that make you dishonest or does that mean that you're just, you're just being as honest as you can be about this? Right. I mean, with utter honesty, people would be naked all the time. And I so don't want that. Mm. Well, it depends on the person. No, it doesn't. No, no, it doesn't. No, it's a, it really doesn't. You just don't want to see that all the time. Mm. A lot of people who are drawn to nudity really need to wear clothes. You know, <laughs> this seems to be a precedent. Yeah. So, so some people really need to look into uh, clothes that cover more things. Yeah. This is why I don't get a tattoo because then I have to get all new clothes to show that I have a tattoo. I'm not going to get into that. Um, yeah, that makes people angry if you talk about tattoos yeah, on, I on bar- Twitter. I can barely sleep. Um, the, uh, here's the thing about candor, though. Uh, and and, and I, I fall into this trap constantly, right? Because I'm always going, well, let's be honest. Or da 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 But candor might be a better word in a lot of ways. Because I think candor means um, you're, you're both admitting. You say to somebody, well, can I, can I tell you something candid? Or may I speak candidly? I, I, I think what you're admitting when you say that is that there is this veneer um, over the, 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 not dishonesty, but around the politeness that we have about things. And so you say to somebody, uh, like in army moves, they always say, may I speak freely, sir? Or may I, may I speak at ease or something like that? Which means you tell somebody what you really think of something. And it kind of, if you do it, don't do it all the time. It, it kind of, it raises, it can, it can raise the quality of the conversation. Or if you could say to somebody, can I, can I speak candidly? And you might say something like, yeah, you got bad breath. Or you might say like, you need to wash your car or something like that. But, you know, if you're close enough to somebody to say something like that, well, that's a kind of honesty that most of us can, can live with. It can be painful, right? But I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I'm struggling with this. I'll, I'll have to come back to this. But it's, it's something that ends up being so important that, that I think treating it as something that's as simple as you, you tell everything all the time to everybody or you're a liar um, makes things r- really complex. Um, and it goes back to the white van problem. It goes back to the me speaking at a company problem. Um, but if you were to say for the sake of argument, well, how about I just say I'm, I'm going to be as honest as I can be? How about this? Like, what, like you're a manager. Like you're a manager and you, let's say you're a good manager. You're a whatever manager. Like you go to lots of meetings. Do you go and tell your staff everything that happens in a meeting? Like, what if you know that there's going to be layoffs? Like, what if you consider yourself like a really, really honest person? Like, what if you know that there's going to be layoffs? And moreover, what if you know pretty much exactly who's going to get laid off? Mm. And you got to walk around with that, right? You got to walk around with that. You got to go into meetings with the person, hear them talking about what they're going to do next month. Well, yeah. And people, yes, exactly. Terrible. people... I think we're all naturally worried about stuff like that in a job. But then what happens? What if, what if somebody comes up to you and goes, um, you know, hey, look, somebody in my family's sick or like, you know, we're having trouble making our mortgage payments. Are there going to be layoffs? Like, what do you say? Does that make you dishonest? Because I think that's, that is really a really, really tough thing. Yeah. And you have an obligation. You have an obligation uh, to the people you work for to do your job 
by saying only what you're supposed to say. But on a personal level, do you feel like you, you have an obligation to that person to give them a heads up? What if it, let's, let's make it even harder. What if that person comes to you and says, hey, look, um, can I speak candidly? <laughs> I just got, you know, you're my boss and I like you and I trust you. I just got offered a, uh, a gig and you've been so great to me, but like I've been offered a gig and I have to let them know within the next week mm. whether I, sh- I can take the job. Um, so what do you think I should do? Because I really like working here, but this could be a really good opportunity. Like what if you know that person's about to get laid off anyway? What yeah. do you say? <laughs> well, you got to be honest, You got to right? tell them. You got to tell them. Yeah, but then aren't you, aren't you breaking yeah. the, the thing that you're supposed to do? Of course. You know, I mean, God, think about what like a priest has to walk around with knowing. Think about like what a guidance counselor has to walk around knowing. You know, your whole job is to be somebody that can be trusted. Certainly that you can be trusted with secrets, but that you can, you know what I mean? It's I like do. you end up becoming this de facto existential project manager for this entire community. It just seems like that must be just a, a huge, huge burden to have to walk around with that. This may be uh, our, our greatest episode of, I honestly do not have an answer for this. Do you have an answer for this? Well, I, I don't I don't think there is an answer. I think it's a mindset. There may not even be a question. <laughs> yeah, there may not be. I think it I think it comes down to trying to have the right kind of intention behind the things that uh, that you're that you're doing, the things that you're focusing on, the things that that you set up set yourself up to do. I mean, if if your goal and your practice is to be really mindful. And you're really, really trying hard to do that. And your real your focus is on honesty. Your focus is on on delivering that, and that's mm-hmm. your intention. Then you'll probably wind up in fewer situations where you're in a difficult position. But sometimes you have no choice. Sometimes you're right. you're almost like helpless, like the the situation you're describing. I don't know. It kind of. I th- I think what you're saying is it kind of sucks. Well, yes. Um, but I'm trying to think about this. Let's say you're in that kind of horrible situation where you know about the layoffs or something like that. Um, I wonder if part of what makes that difficult is, uh, you feel this resistance, uh, to being dishonest because you know that that dishonesty is going to present you with the opportunity to have to be dishonest again. And that's very stressful. Yeah. So, so in that case, Every part of you, like if that were me, not like I'm some great person, but if I were that manager of that person, or like even if I was a colleague of that person, if somebody had told me in confidence that there was going to be layoffs and it was for sure a thing, well, gosh, you know, how about this? I heard for sure, definitely for sure that there's going to be like an iPad 7, so Mm. don't buy that today. Yeah. That's not as big a deal, right? And by the way, they are coming, iPad 7s. They're going to be amazing. Um, (laughs) They're going to run on Fudgesicle. It's going to be amazing. Everybody's going to get it. yeah, fudge sickle sandwich. The um, but in in that case, uh, I think the the resistance that you feel to being dishonest, in addition to like wanting to be like a, a good person, is that if you tell that person, you know what, dude, ah, you didn't hear it from me, but take that job. Whoa, wow, okay, wow, wow, wow. So, thank you. Oh my god, that's a lot. So, why are you saying that? <laughs> yeah, it just um, oh, begs, just trust, begs trust, more questions. Trust me. Yeah, and I'm nodding, right? I'm nodding. I'm closing my eyes going, trust me, take take that job. So now what just happened? Well, now you have the op- 
potentially two new and uncomfortable things are going to happen. First of all, that person is going to go back to the cube farm and say, you didn't hear it from me, uh-huh. but I have a pretty good feeling there's going to be layoffs. And that's the kind of thing that, that you're not supposed to let out. So you did it for the right reasons, but now it's out. But now, now get ready for the next one. Henderson, could you come in here for a minute? Yeah. Hi. What's going on? Um, everybody in the cube farm is uh, is tearing things up and, and they're shredding things and they're, and they're they're peeing into the uh, desk drawers because they heard there's going to be layoffs. <laughs> uh, you were one of the only people who knew about that, and one of your direct <laughs> reports uh, is cleaning out their desk. Is there anything that you'd like to tell us? Well, now it's on you again. So now, what do you say in that instance? Are you honest and say, "Well, I nodded with my eyes closed and told them they should take a job." Well, pretty soon, now you're uh, somebody, a third party from outside who's really worried about honesty would look at that and go, wow, that's a lot of parsing. Well, from any one of those points of view, whatever your concern is with the honesty issue, you're going to see all that really different. If you're going to, if you're a manager, like a, you know, a big shot manager, you're going to go, wow, I can't believe that liar is working for us. I can't believe they can't be trusted with that information. If you're somebody in the cube farm, you're going to go, wow, uh, I can't believe they waited this long to tell us, but thank God one of those jerks finally broke. You're, you are going to be looking at your pal who you told to go take the job and going like, man, I wish you could have kept a secret. But, you know, that, that information in some ways, I guess, wants to be out there. But like once, once you've opened that jar a little bit, it really, you know, that jelly spreads. So I'm just muddying the waters more. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't jelly know. Spreads. I mean, but I think that it brings you the jelly spreads. I like I this. Just, yeah. Yeah. What time is it? We got to go. Yeah. Um, hmm. Huh. I think, I, you know what, to get back to your point, though, and we should wrap up after that. I, I think, uh, it's your show, but I, I think you're right that there's, I think we're saying something slightly different ways. You're, you're couching it in, in a Buddhist practice and I'm couching it in like, uh, like I am so bad at this that I need like a way to phrase this. But um, the intentionality part does matter, I think, in some ways. But getting good at the intentionality can be regarded as parsing by some people, or incompleteness. And I guess I wonder if part of that is learning to be okay with which honesty you can handle. Oh my gosh, that's so dishonest. Well, then if you don't, like if you've got an answer, you as the honest listener have an answer to how to get out of that situation we just described with the layoffs, good on you. Because I don't know how you come out of that being completely honest. Right now, if you're if you're in like the special forces or the CIA, or you're working on the Enigma program, like there's a lot of stuff you're going to like not tell people. You know, well, uh, see, but that goes against right living, right, right livelihood, rather, right. What you saying? Like you should make nuclear subs and stuff? Yeah, for real. Where do you draw the line on that? You think we shouldn't have an army? uh, Aren't you kind of glad we fought World War II eventually? I'm, yeah, but I'm saying that if you're a Buddhist, that you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that. For example, would you like to hear about the five types of businesses that should not be undertaken? Um. Let's save that for After Dark because that's really good. Okay. I was just being dishonest. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, you know, uh, the, war, the war ones, I think, are a pretty good example. Not to go a god one here, but I mean... But of course, a Buddhist would say, well, yeah, we shouldn't have fought World War II. We shouldn't have fought any war. There shouldn't hmm. be war. It so if you want to go really to be a, back to this... It might be a lot harder to practice Buddhism today if we had waited another six months. If we had gone in six months, you know what? This is a different podcast. As you know, if you but if everybody show, had been Buddhist, well, if a frog had wings, he wouldn't bump his ass a hopping. Cuss. <laughs> I like I like that. Okay then, you're you full of these up? Yeah, things. You want to button this up? Why don't we? I love you. Love you too, Merlin. Man. <laughs>